Do you want something new for your child? Whether they're a teen or a young adult, invite them to try something new, something where they can meet great people, have fun, and be accepted as themselves. And at the same time, they'll learn mindfulness practices and communication skills they can use to help themselves create inner balance and harmony, create focus and follow through, or to just plain feel good. All of this is happening at IBME's New Year's online retreats for teens and young adults. You can learn more and register on Inward Bound Mindfulness Education's website, ibme.com. This episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast is sponsored by Inward Bound Mindfulness Education. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, a stress relief coach, emotional wellness speaker, and host of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. And Mighty Parenting is here for you, and I appreciate you being here with me. I appreciate your time, your attention, and all that you do to help support Mighty Parenting. So what I'd like to know is, what else do you need to help support you? What are maybe some of the issues you're facing or topics you'd like to hear covered? Or is there a particular expert or parent with a great story to share that you'd like to hear from? Whatever it is, just pop me an email at connect at mightyparenting.com and let me know. Or if you're um, attached to our Facebook page, if you've liked our Facebook page, or if you like, if you're a member of the Facebook group, or you follow me on Instagram, my, that's always Mighty Parenting at all of those, let me know in any of those as well. And I will put it into my search as I plan out future shows and look for great content for you guys. Speaking of great content, today we are talking about jealousy. And I know that we hear parenting out, let's talk about it, but I usually just hear about that in terms of like a young child being jealous of a new baby. But that's really not the issue that we're going to have with our teens and 20-somethings. So we want to go a little deeper and look at jealousy and how it can impact a variety of our family dynamics. I know my family's dealt with some issues that actually came back to a form of jealousy, right, of the various relationships within the family unit. And that can be really destructive if it's not recognized. So joining us to help us learn how to recognize that and what kinds of issues we need to be on the lookout for and what we can do about it is Dr. Terry Orbach. Dr. Orbach is also known as the love doctor. She's an author, speaker, therapist, and a professor at Oakland University, as well as a research professor at the University of Michigan. She has been leading a National Institutes of Health study on marriage for three decades now. She's been published in scientific journals as well as popular media, things like the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine. She's been on shows like the Today Show, MSNBC, HuffPost Live, and CNN, just to name a few. She's the author of two books, 
obviously a very busy woman, and she has been on the Mighty Parenting Podcast on episodes 57 and 27, where she helped us understand the role of our marriage in parenting our kids and how to keep our romantic relationships strong. She is someone I've had the pleasure of working with in multiple ways over the years, and I am so glad to have her back on Mighty Parenting. Terry, thank you for taking time out of that crazy busy schedule to join us here at Mighty Parenting. Oh, Sandy, it is wonderful to be with you always. Thank you so much for having me. So Terry, we've had a number of opportunities to discuss relationships, but I saw you put out a piece on jealousy a while ago, and I thought, oh my gosh, we have to cover that. It is such an insidious emotion, and it can do so much damage to our relationships, not only our romantic ones, but our relationships with our kids. So, you know, you obviously know way more about this than I do. I know it can damage it, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about how that comes about, how jealousy can actually harm our relationships. Absolutely, Sandy. Well, first, I think it's important to define jealousy. Um, jealousy, or when you feel jealous, you're afraid of losing a relationship that you really value, or, and is more probably very relevant to parents and children, you're afraid of losing a kind of relationship that you don't want to lose. And I always talk about the definition, Sandy, because I think people uh, forget or misinterpret what jealousy is. We often hear one person saying, I'm jealous of you because you have a car that I want, you have a relationship that I want, you have clothes or a body that I want. And that's envy. When we want something that someone else has, that's envy or we feel envious. And so it's really important first to figure out what we're talking about. And I think jealousy is very common, as you said, but it really does bring out the worst in someone. And that's because first, there are two kinds of jealousy. First, there's reactive jealousy. And that's when you become aware of an actual threat to a relationship or something is happening that really will change that relationship and you don't want it to change or you don't want to lose it. That's reactive jealousy. And we all experience that, Sandy, when our relationships change or develop or go through time, or as you said, people enter the family that are new, relationships are going to change. And so everyone is going to experience reactive jealousy suspicious jealousy, which I think is the more difficult and has the, the, the harm to our relationships, is when nobody has misbehaved, a relationship is not going to change, or we're not going to lose a relationship in any way, but we think it's going to happen. And so that's when people who are experiencing suspicious jealousy feel worried, feel mistrustful, and that's when they behave in a way that's insidious, that's distressful, and that can really affect relationships. And how does that happen, Sandy, which is back to your original question? Um, we start behaving like we mistrust that person, that partner, that parent, that child. We start behaving like 
we are suspicious. We start snooping on them. We start reading their emails. We start listening to their calls. And that's when that can be so harmful to a relationship. There is so much there. (laughs) I I know. I gave you so much. (laughs) Well, no, it's not that so much as it's just not how I think of it. And and I'm guessing that's the same for most of us, which is why you went back to the definitions, Mm -hmm. right? Is that, well, for one thing, I don't even think that we normally think about jealousy within a family unit. I think most of us think of jealousy, either like you said, what's actually envy or a romantic jealousy that we are worried about losing our our partner, our spouse, our our romantic relationship, or or that changing in a way that scares us, right? Right. Because, I mean, we can envision that relationship, relationship changing for the good and be okay with that. But the question is, does it scare us? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it, the question is, does it scare us when we're talking about a romantic relationship and, or do we not want it to change? Even if it doesn't scare us, we don't want it to happen. Um, I talk to adolescents, for example, all the time about romantic partner jealousy. And I definitely talk about envy versus jealousy because we always talk about, you know, I'm jealous of that person because they have something I want. And I want adolescents to come around and say, that's not jealousy. But if I'm having a romantic relationship as an adolescent or a young adult, and my partner, my romantic partner is texting someone else, is talking let's say, to someone of the opposite sex, and I'm heterosexual, right? Um, I might be experiencing suspicious jealousy. And so I might then be fearful or just not want that I might lose that relationship. So then I become, I start snooping. I start mistrusting my partner. And really, My partner hasn't done anything wrong in general. We're talking about in general, because then it would be reactive jealousy if they've really done something wrong and I might lose the relationship. But let's say my partner is just talking and texting with somebody that they're studying with or somebody they have a locker next to. They haven't done anything wrong. So coming back to the adolescent, coming back to the young adult, it's my insecurity. It's my lack of confidence with myself or the relationship or that I'm, um, my self-worth is becoming dependent on my romantic partner. And so that's what I talk about with adolescents and I hope is really important and significant for your audience as well. It is. And I want to see if I'm understanding something here. So is suspicious jealousy exclusively or mostly about a romantic relationship? I think suspicious jealousy can be about a romantic relationship or a friendship or a parent-child relationship. I think it's about when I don't want to re- I don't want to lose a relationship, right? 
but my, or I don't want it to change in some way that it is changing, but it has nothing to do with my partner. And my partner could be a romantic partner, a friend, a parent or a child or a grandparent, right? Um, it has nothing to do with what they're doing. It has all to do with me and what I'm worried about. So my partner, my friend, my parent, my child hasn't misbehaved, hasn't done anything wrong, but it's within me. Okay. So it's nothing wrong and, and possibly even just done really nothing in general. Exactly. I'm thinking about things like... Honestly, one one common thing that can come up, I think, is for people to get jealous of an activity. Like my husband had his Mini Cooper. When he got that, he would spend hours tinkering with it, playing with it, tuning it, researching how to do all these things. And it would be easy when, you know, it was a time where we had young kids and I was trying to start a business. There just wasn't a lot of extra time. I could become jealous of the time he spent on that car. And it's yes. not wrong for him to do that, but this would still be a suspicious jealousy. Is that correct? I think that's a great example um, that it could be a hobby or an activity of your romantic partner or even friend or parent or child. Again, it could be work that I become very jealous of work because I'm worried about losing the relationship and its qualities or it changing that I don't want it to. Another example, great example, would be that, let's say, um, two parents, right? Um, they are no longer married or in a partnership together, and one child is living with the other parent, right? And that other parent doesn't get as much time with the child or children. I can become jealous because the relationship that I once had with my child is now changing. Or I might worry about losing the relationship with my child that I value. Again, my child isn't doing anything wrong. They are still coming and visiting and spending time with me, but I become suspicious, jealous, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm worried about losing a relationship that I value or losing the kind of relationship that I value. And I had thought about this too, as you were talking is, I think this happens to, to families as kids grow up and they start spending more time outside the house with friends and things. I think that parents often can feel that way. That they're, that they're afraid of losing the relationship that they have with their child to these friends and activities and things. Absolutely. I totally agree that that is a very typical situation, a very typical uh, experience of parents as they grow older. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, Sandy, because I don't know in that situation if we're talking about reactive jealousy or suspicious jealousy. Because in general, one might argue, I could argue that there is an actual threat 
to the relationship as it was. At one time when your kids were young, and I can think about this, I became the person they came to, to discuss a relationship breakup or to discuss something that's happening in school. Now that my children are in their own apartments and they're young adults and they're living on their own and they have friends, they may not come to me first. So there's an actual threat to the relationship. It is changing. And so that could be what we would argue would be reactive jealousy. That when you realize that something, yes, is actually changing and there is a quote threat, even though it's a good threat, right? That the relationship is changing and my child is becoming a young adult and independent and on their own. I might feel like, oh, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to lose the relationship, but it is. That's interesting. So I guess the difference is just um, in reactive jealousy, there is actually something there that can threaten the relationship or change the relationship. And in suspicious jealousy, we're just going to say this. It's all in my head. (laughs) Exactly. It is all in my head. Absolutely. Okay. Does it matter? I mean, I can see in a, in a sense that it would matter which kind it is in the way that we would respond to this happening. Yes. I think it does matter the type in terms of how we respond. Suspicious jealousy tends to do our, uh, we tend to react and respond to suspicious jealousy with more harmful, mistrustful behaviors, because we do that to confirm our suspicions. So when we're talking about snooping, we're talking about watching our, our children, listening to their calls, looking at their emails, whether it be a partner, a child, or a friend, that's in response to suspicions suspicious jealousy, because we're doing it to confirm our suspicion, so to speak. Whereas with reactive jealousy, um, the the most common response is uh, disappointment. It might be frustration. It might be sadness. But we can alleviate that, or I hope as a relationship expert, people can alleviate that with Notions of that, this is typical. Notions of this is normal. This is common. And change is inevitable in this type of relationship. So as my partner, let's say, retires, right, and the relationship changes, I as a partner might say, of course my partner is going to depend on me more, want to be with me more. That is a normal, typical response. Um, And so, yes, I then can change how I respond to that. Whereas if it's all in my head, now I want to come back to myself, that suspicious jealousy, and identify ways and strategies that I can alleviate those suspicions. And by the way, Sandy, the first strategy to alleviating suspicious jealousy is to be honest and discuss what I'm feeling 
with my partner. And I might even suggest that's the number one strategy with reactive jealousy as well, that it's so important to discuss your feelings with that other relationship partner, whether it be your child, your parent, a friend, or a romantic partner. That makes a lot of sense in either case. And I'm thinking of this with our kids in this example that we gave of them growing up, spending more time with friends. Because when we don't talk about it, there's still communication that goes on. But there's a lot of miscommunication because our kids start interpreting our comments, our actions, our, our reactions, our responses, you know, when they say they're going out with friends. And if we're feeling that way, whatever the feeling is, it's not going to be a positive one, right? We're going to have sadness or anger or, and there's going to be fear underlying those. And so that's going to come across in our facial expressions, in our body language, in the energy that comes out. We've all walked into a room where you can feel tension. Well, you know, the kids feel that and then they start to make up stories because they don't know what it was. Even if they're not consciously making up stories, they're still, they have to explain this experience for themselves. Whereas if we do what you said and we come out and say, I'm really glad you have these friends, these activities. I'm glad you're growing and your world is expanding. And I just want you to know that sometimes I feel sad about it because I love you and I've really enjoyed spending time with you. And I want you to go do those things. I am also going to be expanding my world or, you know, looking for some new hobbies or whatever that is, but having that open, honest conversation so that we don't have that miscommunication. Absolutely. I love everything you said, Sandy. I mean, nonverbal behavior is so important and it does lead to miscommunication unless we're aware that we are giving messages through our nonverbal behaviors, like facial expressions, like how we stand, like our eyes, uh, like how we uh, hold our entire body. And the truth, if there's ever a difference between the verbal and the nonverbal, Study after study shows that it lies, the truth lies within the nonverbal. And so our children are going to read the nonverbal, even though we may be saying something differently. And the second thing you said that was so true is that just be open and honest. And you used all I language, which is so important. You took out all the you, Sandy. I loved it. You said, I am glad you're a young adult. I'm glad, happy, excited that you have friends, but I am sad at times. I miss you. I love our relationship. All of those are wonderful things to express to children with I language. I listen <laughs> when you teach <laughs> and Jude Bijou is my communication person, like my go-to communication person. She comes on the show too. And the two of you got this whole relationship thing down for us. <laughs> and you mentioned something in there in a, in a different context, but Tara, you talked about awareness and that's a big part of, of looking at jealousy. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I realized that there were some issues that had cropped up in our family. So we're a family of four. 
And there are some pretty distinct lines down the middle. We have two introverts, two extroverts, two who like one type of TV shows, movies, documentaries, two who like a different type, two who love one kind of music, two who love another. And so as the kids were growing up, we kind of slid into this pattern of doing things in twos because for the four of us to agree on an activity or a movie or music or anything would just be so hard so often that we went, we took that easy route. And what happened over time though, is I didn't identify it that way at the time, but it was this jealousy of the parent who's doing all these things with one child is expanding and broadening and deepening that relationship. And the other parent looks at it and and it's, it's more of a, a FOMO jealousy, right? Like mm -hmm. they have something with that child that I do want. Mm -hmm. Or I'm afraid of losing the relationship that I value with that other child because of it being split in two or two. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because again, envy is I want what you have, but jealousy is I'm afraid of losing what I have with that child. And, and that can be so, you know, it, when you're aware of that, that can be fearful. That leads to suspicions. Um, and identifying it, being aware of what's happening is so important. And if, if I were thinking about a suggestion for you and your family, Sandy, I would say to have four of you at least sit down and talk about it. It doesn't even have to necessarily change going forward. But like you said, being aware having each person express their concerns or fears or anxieties about what it means to split, um, the fear of losing, and then a child or a parent saying, you know, even though you spend time with the other parent, that's not going to change how I feel about you. You will never lose me as a parent or you will never lose me as a child just because I'm watching movies and listening to music with mom. And so that's so important and so validating to hear. Now, um, I, I should say that that's probably what will happen in your family, Sandy, which is wonderful. But sometimes when we express our concerns and our anxieties and our fears, and we have that discussion, it doesn't go so well. And we hear things that we don't want to hear. Um, and so we can't expect that it's always going to go smoothly. Um, sometimes when our children hear the fears of a, of a parent, or if you are a parent and you express your concerns to your child, they get worried and it makes them more anxious. So expect all kinds of reactions. Just because you express your concerns and anxieties doesn't mean that somebody will accept them and say, okay, don't worry, and, and be validating and affirming. It's interesting because it's very easy to just go, oh yeah, just have the conversation. But I know that there are times where I have avoided conversations because in my head I go, I have some idea of how this is likely to go and I just don't want to deal with the fallout. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right mm -hmm. now, that's just right. not something I want to do. And yet, 
I've also learned that there's fallout if you don't have the conversation. So at least having the conversation and having that fallout moves you forward, moves you closer to that place you want to be. Yes, and I totally agree. Having the conversation is so much more positive for the relationship and both of you, the two partners, moving forward. And I think it's also important to realize two other things. First, um, you know, sometimes we surprise our relationship partner. And again, that can be our child, a parent, a friend, or a romantic partner. And so they are caught off guard and they become defensive. Even if we use our eye language and even if we find a good time and we say it in a positive way, which usually doesn't occur, by the way, <laughs> um, <laughs> but even if we do that, we still catch that person off guard. And so remember that they can get defensive. And so the first response might not be the only response, or the first response might be what they do originally, but that person may come back to you. And second, I think it's always important not to take what people say personally. Um, and, and, Others' behavior and what they say is about them, usually, not about you. So if we say something to our parents, like, I mean, our child, as a parent, we say to our child or children, I'm glad that you have your own friends. I'm so happy that you're going out with these two people, but I miss you and I worry about you, right? They might get angry right? They really might get angry, but remember then it's about them, not you. It's about them. They might be fearful too. They might wish that they could not go out with their friends. They may, who knows, but remember that as a parent, not to take it personally. And over time, they may come back to you you may come back to them and have a different kind of discussion. I know that has happened to me time and time again with my daughter, that when I say something originally, she gets defensive because I'm her mom and she is 25 years old. And it's not even like I gave a suggestion. I just made an I statement, like I'm worried about you doing X. But later on, she came back again and again, this has happened and said, mom, I'm really sorry that I responded like that. I just felt like you were controlling. I know you didn't say anything like that, but I was worried. I felt controlled at that time. So I think it's important to remember that as parents. Well, it's more than one conversation. And that can be hard as we want to solve it right away, but allowing things to unfold and work through over a period of time and giving everybody time apart, like you were saying, I think is great. So one other question I had though, Terry, was we know jealousy is something we need to recognize because this can be very destructive to our relationships. And you know, you shared with us that reactive jealousy is when there is something actually happening that could change the nature of a relationship or threaten a relationship. Suspicious jealousy is what's in our minds about a relationship. Nothing's actually changed, but we're afraid that it will, or we feel that it will. And that leads to some very harmful behaviors, the mistrust in that. And we need to talk about it. So that's good. 
what we need though, before we could talk about it is to be aware. So I'm curious if there are um, kind of some signs that jealousy might be brewing either, you know, feelings within ourselves or noticing certain words or actions or something from our children or our partner are the things we can kind of go, wow, oh, there's something, maybe we should have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think in general, first, you want to listen to your body. Oftentimes, our bodies tell us that something is brewing. Um, if, if we're you know, feeling the adrenaline come up just by hearing or watching our child or our romantic partner or a best friend, um, are we consistently feeling like we have a stomachache every time we go out with our child and they talk to the friends that are at the restaurant or that we meet on the street? Um, I think we want to listen to our bodies first. And then second, I think when you depend on a relationship to determine how you're feeling about yourself and your own self-worth, you, you wait for the affirmation. You don't feel good unless somebody says, I love you, you're great, you're wonderful, or you're right. Then we know that jealousy is brewing because the more dependent we are on someone or a relationship for how we see ourselves or how we feel about ourselves or our self-worth, then we're going to experience jealousy no matter and, and suspicious jealousy, no matter what our partners do. And so that's like the key theme, the key message in you know what to look for, what to be aware of and and how to also alleviate or reduce or deal with suspicious jealousy. And that is to foster independence, to not be so dependent on a person or a relationship for how we see ourselves and to build our self-confidence. We really need to see ourselves in terms of many people, many relationships, many activities, many hobbies. And if we can build our self-worth and our confidence on many relationships, we are significantly less likely to feel suspicious jealousy. And that makes so much sense. That's something that moms have heard many times as our kids get older, go through high school, college, and the nest starts emptying. People are like, well, you need to find something for yourself. You need to find something else. When really to be a, a very happy, strong person, the many relationships, the multiple interests is always important, not just at a time when our kids are leaving the nest. And I know that the, um, again, too, when it comes to romantic relationships and spousal relationships, that this is something else that when I work with moms, I frequently hear. And sometimes with dads too, they're not as vocal about it, but I, as I really talk to them, I'll hear the same things is they're not feeling taken care of and cared for. But when they have a healthy, rounded life, whatever that means for any individual, then they feel better when their partner changes nothing. 
The partner can be doing the same thing in both situations, but one spouse is not taking care of themselves. They are focusing solely on this relationship. And in the other instance, they've created a full round life. They have other relationships. They take care of themselves. They go after what they want for themselves and invite other people to go with them. I'm not talking about at the exclusion of a partner, but it's, it's a more of an inclusive kind of a lifestyle. Absolutely. I totally agree. And that is always important. And we would be talking about lots of different relationship issues and challenges. We would come back to that concept. Absolutely, Sandy. And the other thing I just have to mention too that's connected is that you want to focus always on your strengths, not what you're not. Don't compare yourself to other people around you, but focus on your own unique strengths. And we all have those own unique strengths. And the more you compare, the more you focus on what you're not, the more suspicious jealousy as well. And so I think coming back to the self, coming back to self-confidence, having a balanced life, fostering independence, and not comparing yourself to others helps always with the harmful behaviors that react or come from suspicious jealousy. And all of these are things that we want to encourage in our children as well. These these years where they are expanding, spreading their wings, it, it starts in, I think, middle school more so, and then expands in high school and again in college. And as they do these things and they grow, we want to encourage them to focus on this balanced life and independence and good, healthy relationships with other people and all of those things so that they can go through life feeling secure and comfortable and hopefully not feeling suspicious jealousy. Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting. I have to share a story from my own life because I think it's important as parents that we tell our children to do this, to foster independence, to, you know, not to compare, to focus on their strengths, to build self-confidence, but we can also do it so they observe it. And one of the things that I've always done with my kids is in birthday cards and, you know, Valentine's Day cards is I've always said, you know, you're so wonderful, your X and Y and Z and PDQ, right? You're kind, you're generous, you're smart, you're funny, right? And my kids always laugh because I've done that since they were like three or four and I continue it to do it as young adults. And what it's done is it's done it so they observe it. So I don't even have to say, I want you to build self-confidence. I want you to build your strengths and focus on your strengths. I just say it in the cards and they hear it again and again. I love that. And I love everything you've shared with us today, Terry. As always, so much great but down to earth and simple advice for us to follow for ourselves and encouraging in our kids as well. So for anyone who wants to learn more from you, where can they find you? My website, Sandy, is Dr. Terry, D-R-T-E-R-R-I, thelovedoctor.com. So that's all one word, Dr. Terry, thelovedoctor.com. 
www.thepowerofthenow.com. And thank you so much for having me, Sandy. Always such a great time. And I always enjoy having you all here, Mighty Parents. Thank you for being here today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, then I ask you to please rate and review it wherever you listen in the podcast player or at mightyparenting.com. You can leave a comment after the blog post and share it with another parent who needs to hear this. I really think that Dr. Orbach hit the nail on the head on some pretty big issues that we run into as parents. So thank you for being here today. Remember that you are a mighty parent. You got this. And I will see you next week.